And welcome to part two of the NFL Draft Player Grading Marathon. I'm Harris Hicks here with Braden Savkovsky and Michael Luker as usual. And guys, before we start pick 17 through 32, there were some hilarious things that like nobody is talking about. For example, did you guys realize that the poor Chargers were not able to get 12 whole fans on the TV screen? We thought it was bad when they couldn't fill the freaking LA Galaxy soccer stadium. And now they can't even get 12 fans on a gosh darn TV screen. Yeah, it's probably honestly going to get worse. They're just always going to have that L.A. rivalry, but it's going to be more of like the Lakers and Clippers, except they're going to be the Clippers. So they're going to struggle putting fans in, in, the, uh, in seats, and what should be their home field advantage is always going to be, you know, a, probably a 50-50 crowd. Right. And also... What Isaiah Wilson's mom did. Nobody is talking about this. But when Isaiah Wilson, the offensive tackle from Georgia, got picked to the Tennessee Titans, his girlfriend started to hug him and kiss him and all that. But then his mom just swoops in like an eagle, picks her up off the couch, pulls a John Cena, and just shoves her off the couch. Like, wow. I I don't know if she's super serious about social distancing or if she was just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. (laughs) I don't think she was, you know, really serious on social distancing. I think it was more of mama just needed her screen time and his little girl was, you know, just all over him. It was a little uncomfortable to watch, but uh, the Titans had a very uh, strange draft on the first night. Very strange. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to see where his uh, his blocking skills came from. Yeah, that's that's true, Michael. And all right. Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys with the 17th pick. They took CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver from Oklahoma. 21 yards per reception on 14 touchdowns. The big play ability is definitely there. I gave this pick an A-. minus. Yeah, I went with the, um, an A here just because no one's really expecting him to be here. And he was pro- probably the second best receiver in the draft. If not, he's definitely top two. I mean, the Cowboys definitely, you know, need some help at receiver just to get more weapons around Dak Prescott. So, uh, yeah, that's why I gave this pick an A. I gave this pick a A minus because, honestly, I was kind of torn on this grade. Uh, I mean, obviously, Lamb is is a tremendous value for 17, but I don't really see how he fits in this offense with this many offensive targets. You know, you got Gallup, Cooper, and Zeke. And all of them, you know, need some, some targets too. So I don't really know how, how he fits yet, but it could be a different style with uh, Mike McCarthy. Right. I thought this was hilarious, guys, but they held the camera to Mike McCarthy's face on the ABC version to do a FaceTime call. And he was so happy, a big smile over his face. But his face kind of looked like, you know when you stub your toe and it swells up so much and it's just like puffy red? That's pretty much what Mike McCarthy looked like at that moment. I thought that well, was hilarious to me. Yeah. However, he was probably he was probably a little nervous because before the draft, Jerry Jones was like, "All right, no one, no one mess with me. I'm I'm drafting by myself." And he was on his multi-million dollar yacht, so who knows what he could have done? Yeah, right. And three straight 800-yard seasons for Ceedee Lamb. The speed is a bit average. He ran a 4-5-40, but he does make up for it with elite route running. His yards after the catch is unquestioned. 
he doesn't quite fit the team needs, like Braden was saying, so I gave him an A-, minus. but I, I totally understand y'all's point. With the 18th pick, the Miami Dolphins took Austin Jackson, offensive tackle from USC. It was pretty much a reach for me. I had him labeled as a sub-top-40 prospect. ESPN and NFL Network agree. He does fill a team need, however. Miami averaged just 72 rushing yards per game and gave up the most sacks in the entire NFL. He's very quick-footed in his blocking. That's something that stuck out in the film. And the explosiveness is underrated. He blocked two kicks at USC and five in high school. I think it's a decent pick. He's more of a project, but he does fill the Dolphins' team needs. Yep, I gave him a A-, and this is because he's a great talent, a little bit of a reach. Uh, he had a really cool story about him and, and his sister that college game day was all over, and they played it in the draft like eight times. But it really fits a, a team need for Miami because their blocking was straight up pathetic last year. Right. So they're protecting Tua when he takes the field, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I gave this pick a C-. Personally, I would have gone with Ezra Cleveland here. But um, I think Austin Jackson is a project, so I think it's going to take him two, maybe a year or two, just to um, you know get settled and truly to see what he can be. I, I can see why people think why Miami went here. They were trying to fill a need. And um, you know it could be that they are planning on playing Ryan Fitzpatrick immediately. So they know already. They already know that they have the time to wait and you know develop Austin Jackson and wait for Tua to get uh, healthy. Right. So you let Austin Jackson and Tua sit behind while Fitzpatrick starts. That's a very good point. With the 19th pick in the draft, I thought this was the worst pick in the draft. The Oakland Raiders took Damon Arnett from Ohio State. No disrespect to Damon Arnett, but I think John Gruden may have gone a little too crazy on the vodka here with Roger Goodell. Um, because you could have drank 10 vodkas and done a better job than John Gruden did with this pick. Not really great numbers. His tape isn't that great. It was very inconsistent. In the LSU game, he was absolutely abysmal. He's labeled as a sub-top 50 prospect, according to ESPN and NFL Network, and I agree. NFL Network labeled him as a quote-unquote good backup. Yeah, I, I would have definitely gone with Noah Igbenogany here. Um, I really don't know why the Raiders didn't. I feel like Igbenogany is the way better prospect. But um, you're right. I didn't like it. the stuff I saw in his film. He's a little grabby in his technique, so you know he's going to get a lot of pass interferences if he plays, and uh, he's definitely going to have to get rid of that habit. But I don't really like this pick. I, I would have, like I said, I would have gone with Igbenogany. I gave the Raiders a D minus on this pick. It was a huge reach. The Raiders, once again, fast players. That's all that they want. His big problem was off-field issues this year. And uh, honestly, I would say his ceiling might be a first-rounder, but he is a very low floor. Did not like this pick at all. Right, and I thought it was a contradiction to what Gruden likes because he's a big speed guy, as you could see with him taking Henry Ruggs. But his 40 was a 4.56, a little below average. And like you mentioned, Braden, the off-the-field issues were a bit interesting to me. With the 20th pick, I thought this was an absolute steal. The Jacksonville Jaguars took Kalevon Chason, the outside linebacker from LSU. I gave this pick an A. First off, he's just 20 years old. I think I mentioned this before. He has just started playing football. He's played since, I believe, the middle of high school. 60 stops, uh, 7 sacks. Led his team in tackles for loss with 13 and a half, despite missing three games. 
Uh, he apparently wowed scouts with his high character off the field. There is some durability concerns, however, as he did miss three games. He did tear his ACL as well. He does have explosive speed to get to the quarterback. He can change direction in a heartbeat. He's got the film. He's got the numbers. He's got the accolades. I'm giving Kalevo and Chase on an A. I gave the Jags an A on this pick. Well, they really just found their replacement for Yannick Ngakwe. Definite steal of a pick here. I thought he was going to go higher. The ja- the Jags so far have had a pretty good draft. Yeah, I gave this pick an A. Um, my only concern <clears throat> is that Clavon Chason has some injury problems, but when he can stay on the field, he's going to be really productive. Yeah, that's very true, Michael. Um, the injury problems are there, but no question the potential is there, and to me, he could be a day-one starter. Uh, with the 21st pick, the Philadelphia Eagles took Jalen Rieger from TCU. I gave this pick a B-. It's a good idea with filling the team needs, as the Eagles had some struggles at wide receiver, no question. However, he received a significant statistical drop-off from 2018 to 2019. 2018, he had 1,061 yards on 72 receptions. 2019, 43 catches for just 611 yards. That's a 450-yard difference. But potentially, that had to do with a bad QB play. He has a 4-4-7-40, which is blazing fast. Uh, according to scouts, he can break tackles after the catch like a running back in open space. Yeah, I, I, I like this pick by the Eagles. I gave it a B plus. They addressed a crucial need um, at wide receiver. He's got he's got good speed. He was a punt returner as well for TCU, so I really like his versatility. I gave the uh, Eagles a C on this pick. I was expecting the Eagles to either trade up or down, because if they went up, Lamb would have been available. But now, you know, the Cowboys snagged him, so he'll be playing in, in their division. They might re- regret that pretty soon. Also, if they went down in the order, they could have gotten another receiver who could have been better, in my opinion, Justin Jefferson. It definitely fits their team need, but there's better options. Right. With the 22nd pick, this is the guy who I think the Eagles should have taken. Justin, 111 receptions, Jefferson from LSU. I gave this pick an A. Like I said, with the 111 receptions, along with 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns, he's one of the more proven wideouts in college football. And people forget his year two years ago. When LSU's offense was struggling, he was fine. 54 catches for 875 and 6. Not too bad. He's 6'2", 200 pounds with elite speed he ran a 4-4-3-40 I believe that's the second fastest uh, of the wide receivers which is crazy because he's 6-2 200 pounds a 38 vertical that makes him an elite red zone target if you don't think he's an elite red zone target just look at the 18 touchdowns he's a QB's best friend he can turn really bad throws into amazing plays that's somewhat what he did with Joe Burrow and this is kind of a strength and weakness at the same time he was an absolute monster in the slot he never really proved it out wide, though. And Adam Thielen's a slot, a slot receiver for Minnesota, so I'm not sure how that's going to mix. I gave the Vikings an A on this pick because they found uh, Diggs' replacement. They'll bring in a, a very confident Justin Jefferson, who I think will, will fill in the holes for the wideout spot. First of all, I would just like to applaud the Vikings for getting a first-round pick in return for their star receiver. I mean, wow, what a strange concept. But so, but yeah, I gave this pick an A. Uh, I like Justin Jefferson. Yeah, definitely. 
I gave this pick an A. I, I love Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to be the next Michael Thomas. Could be a, a wow. bold take, but you know, um, you know, he has a lot of receptions. He has really good hands, um, and he's he's gonna he's not exactly Stephon Diggs, but he's gonna you know fill the hole of Stephon Diggs that, that he uh, created. But uh, but yeah, I love this pick. Yeah, my comparison was actually Brandon Marshall to Justin Jefferson, but the Michael Thomas comparison is a good one. Great size, great speed. He's got the whole package. The route running can be a little bit questionable, but with the combination of size and speed, he can definitely be a day one starter and a potential fantasy football sleeper as well. With the 23rd pick, the Los Angeles Chargers took Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. He was a freshman All-American in 2017, so he did prove that he can adapt to good competition fast. Uh, He was an All-American. What stuck out to me most in the film was his ridiculous burst. He can get anywhere to make a tackle or play on the ball in just the blink of an eye. He's versatile in pass rush. He can spy, rush, or blitz off the edge. He does struggle to get through the O-line sometimes, and he can be shut down pretty easily, as well as struggles in coverage. But overall, I gave this pick a B plus. I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I gave this a B plus as well. The Chargers did give up a lot to move up to pick him, but I think he's a big-time playmaker. I'm just going to say this. If Oklahoma doesn't have him on their team, they might have given up 100 points a game last year. But uh, I, I love Kenneth Murray. Like you said, I love his speed. He can get around and make a lot of plays. I gave the Chargers a B on this pick. The Chargers moved up to grab Murray by giving up an extra third rounder. I was hoping that they would address the holes in their O-line or by building their uh, backfield with their original pick, which was like 35. With that being said, Murray is not even the best linebacker on the board. Wow. Okay, so that's a pretty bold take there. I think he fits in just fine to the Chargers. Unfortunately, he couldn't get enough fans to see his pick. At 24, the New Orleans Saints took Cesar Ruiz, by far the best center on the board. He can fit into almost any blocking scheme. At Michigan, he was great. He was a two-time all-conference player. He's very aware in his blocking. He has nice awareness and feel for the defensive lineman, and he's one of those players the tenacity and determination is there. He's one, of, he's one of those guys that never stops playing until the whistle. Uh, he does lack acceleration off the bat, but that can be developed. He's 6'3", 310 pounds. He uses his huge 11-inch hands to his advantage in blocking. I gave this pick an A-. I gave this pick an A- as well. The reason why is because Breeze has said multiple times how he dislikes interior pressure more than the outside. And for that reason, grabbing a guard slash center in Ruiz just makes perfect sense to me. It was kind of a reach, though. I think he was projected to go in the 30s, but it fits, you know, what they're trying to do. Yeah, it does really fill their team needs very well. Yeah, I gave this pick an A as well. I, I like this pick. I don't think he's going to play center because of Eric McCoy. I think he's going to play uh, either right guard or left guard. It's never a bad pick to solidify your offensive line, especially with Drew Brees. So, yeah, that's why I gave him an A. Yeah, I mean, it should give MT more time to get open, more space for Kamara to run. I think this is a good pick. This is the right direction to make a pick, too. They filled their team needs very well. I gave it an A-. minus. I think we all agree that's a good pick. At 25, the San Francisco 49ers took Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver from Arizona State. I gave this pick an A-. minus. Shanahan absolutely loves Brandon Ayuk. He said, a rumor has it, at 13, or maybe it was 14, when they were picking, he was their second guy on the board, according to reports. So they could have picked him at 13th or 14th. 
Uh, he thinks he's the best receiver in the draft. He fits the system, according to Shanahan. He fits the system perfectly. Insane numbers after the catch. In college, he was called the yards after king. Uh, when he catches the ball, he can immediately turn into a running back in open space. Route running at times can be a bit spotty. He did lack the ability to gain separation at times. But, I mean, with the speed, the ability to break tackles, he's definitely a day one starter. Yeah, I think so too. I gave this pick a B plus. I think he's going to fit perfectly into their offense, and you can never go wrong by putting more weapons around your franchise quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I think the lack of weapons kind of showed up for the 49ers last year in the Super Bowl. You know, the lack of the ability to make a big play late. I think that's why they went receiver here, and I think he's going to be a huge boost to their uh, passing offense. Yeah, the Niners' biggest issue has been receivers, and they just lost Sanders. So it was a no-brainer that they would use one of their uh, you know, picks on a wide receiver. They took Ayuk here, and then they also took Juwan Jennings. Go Vols. Yeah, this, <laughs> I really don't like him. I think worst case, he gets kind of, he falls into that bubble where, you know, Pac-12 receivers, there's not a whole lot of Pac-12 receivers that stay in, in the league very long. And I, you know, hope that's not the case here. Because he's a tremendous talent, but I don't love Ayuk. Yeah, you make some good points there, Braden. But, I mean, I have to disagree. I'm giving this pick an A-. minus. I think it's an elite pick. But, you know, that's just me. And with the 26th pick, the pick that we've all been waiting to talk about, the Green Bay Packers took Jordan Love from Utah State. I gave this pick a B plus. And what's interesting about this pick, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show said, I will track down whoever Green Bay picks and personally call them. I'll bet you he didn't get a congratulations call from Aaron Rodgers, did Jordan Love. But, I mean, oh well, out of all QBs in the draft, he probably has the highest ceiling due to the combo of mobility and arm strength. Sophomore year at Utah State, people forget, 3,567 yards passing, 32 TDs, and 6 interceptions. But then coaches and teammates left and coordinators, so he started to force things. His size is unquestioned, 6'4", 224 pounds. However, last year, he did lead all of the FBS in interceptions at 17. I gave this pick a uh, D. I just don't like Jordan Love. But the Packers not only took a questionable QB, but they also traded out for him. It seems like the Packers are trying to use the same system that they used to groom Aaron Rodgers into the quarterback that, that he is right now don't think love was this good of a QB prospect. And I yeah. think that Packers fans and fans all over the NFL agree. I definitely don't agree with this pick. I gave it a D minus. Um, you know, you're on the cusp of a cusp of a Super Bowl and uh, you just you pick a quarter your quarterback of the future. Aaron Rodgers has stated that he wants to play for a few more years at least. They they needed a receiver here and um, I don't know why they went with Jordan Love. I just don't think this was a great draft by the Green Bay Packers. I saw, I actually saw like a quote today from Brett Favre that he doesn't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna uh, stay in Green Bay. I and saw that. Yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be rough if uh, he doesn't, and it's gonna be even worse if Jordan Love turns out to be a bust and Aaron Rodgers is gone. True. It's a heavy risk by Green Bay. And remember, guys, there were rumors flying around all year about how Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have this toxic relationship, this draft pick may have proven that true, that they've never had a good relationship. 
I think Rodgers was still salty at the firing of Mike McCarthy. That's a possibility, but I don't understand your D picks here. Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. Like, Jordan Love has crazy potential. He's a 6'4", 224-pound quarterback with great mobility and a cannon of an arm. I think if he gets in a good system, they can definitely develop him. And it's not like he's been bad his entire time at Utah State. Like, sophomore year, he showed how good, a glimpse of how good he can be. He had over 3,500 yards passing, 32 TDs, and 6 interceptions. He made good decisions there. I get junior year he didn't, but... I just don't understand y'all's deep picks. The way I grade is team need and overall prospect. And I really, th- and like if it was a reach, undervalue, stuff like that. I think this was definitely a reach. I think they could have gotten him in the second round. And he's obviously, you know, not at a team need position. I think he's a, a Josh Allen type of player, like type of pick. You know, they just liked his, uh, him because of his build and stuff like that. But he didn't perform well at Utah State. It's not like he played against SEC competition. Right. And actually, Jordan Love and I both have something in common. We both started high school, 5'5", 130 pounds. The difference is, however, that Jordan Love grew, and I obviously didn't. But who knows? There's still hope. There's still still hope. Who knows? Anyway, with the 27th pick, the Seattle Seahawks took, honestly, one of the worst picks in the draft, in my opinion. Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech. I'm not going to criticize this pick a whole lot because Pete Carroll has built trust for me. Like, I trust what he's doing. He obviously knows what he's doing. He's a great coach. He, Jordan Brooks is very proven statistically. I'll give him that. He was one of the few players in the draft to make all-conference team in all four seasons. He's a stat patter. 108 tackles, 20 tackles for loss in 11 games last year. However, if you watch the tape against Oklahoma, he looked like gassed after the first half the lack of stamina is kind of alarming he can't really cover corners kind of below average athleticism outside of his speed he lacks aggressiveness and attacking blocks as well I didn't think this was a great pick maybe my D pick I'm kind of rethinking this I might maybe giving it a C would be the right pick but I don't think this was a great pick at all yeah I went with the C just because I felt like I mean there were better linebackers available Patrick Queen was the next pick, and I think he's way better linebacker than Jordan Brooks. Yeah. But my thing is the Seahawks, you know, they need they need pass rushing help, especially if Jadavion Clowney leaves in the offseason, which is yet to be seen. I would have probably went with Yatur Gross Matos, or I would have taken Patrick Queen. I gave this pick a C- because this, this position was not, you know, like a necessity for the Seahawks. They could have gotten him probably second round. Yeah. And if the linebacker was like super important, then they just left Patrick Queen on the board for the uh, Ravens to snag. Right. So I'm guessing we all agree that Patrick Queen fell a little bit too much. And that makes us move on to the 28th pick. The Ravens took Patrick Queen. Um, I gave this pick an A+. I didn't give many A-pluses in the draft, but this was one of them. Ultimate steal here. Maybe the, even the best steal in the draft. If you watch the film, he's so fast when playing the run, but he plays with this type of poise at the same time. He can cover tight ends and running backs and keep up with them thanks to his elite speed. His lateral quickness is unquestioned. There are some cons, though. He was only a starter for one year due to Devin White being there, and he was a little bit spoiled at LSU. He had a bunch of different talent around him, so it was a little bit easier. But, I mean, if you watch the film against, like, Georgia, Clemson, and OU, 
he was crazy thin. He was quite fantastic. So he can step up in big games. I gave this an A plus solely because of where the Ravens got him at 28. I gave this pick an A plus solely because this was the steal of the first round. Queen should have been taken in the mid to late teens. And now the best regular season team from last year just got even better. Yeah, I like this pick. I gave it an A. Um, I think Patrick Queen is going to be the next C.J. Mosley of the Ravens. You know, C.J. Mosley was a great linebacker. He left a free agency. Um, he has outstanding range. He can go sideline to sideline. I, I think this is a slam dunk pick here. Yeah, and what's kind of interesting is despite him starting for only a year, when Devin White left, he immediately came in and commanded the leadership of that defense. Scouts call his mentality a quote-unquote sheriff mentality of how he can command leadership out of a defense that fast. That's something that the Ravens will utilize for sure. And with the 29th pick, the Tennessee Titans took Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle from Georgia. Obviously, Mike Vrabel's house was the house to be at, guys. Uh, good to see someone provide some comedy to make up for Rodgers' granola bar-type personality and his sense of humor of a piece of paper. Good to see that Mike Vrabel was making up for that. It's the right idea for the Titans to protect Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. He should be able to start right off the bat. Uh, he was an All-American in college. There are some durability concerns, very, very strong physical traits, just natural athleticism along with great size. If you watch the film, he was very consistent and pass protection at Georgia. His footwork was a bit wishy-washy. He whiffed on some blocks. His run blocking was a bit inconsistent as well. He's more of a pass blocker, which is why I don't really get this pick for the Titans because they're a smash mouth type team. But I gave this pick a B. Yeah, I gave this pick a B as well. They need a right tackle, especially since Conklin left, and yeah. so they picked another, you know, massive right tackle. Um, I think he's a, I think he's actually pretty good in the run game, and I, he's perfect for what the Titans want to do. Yep, I gave this pick a, a B plus because the Titans lost Conklin, so a offensive tackle pick really was not shocking to me. There's a couple solid D-line players available that I was kind of shocked that the uh, Titans didn't take. Maybe, knock on wood, the Titans are going all in on Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, for sure. And drafting Christian Fulton in the second round is maybe a sign that they're not paying Logan Ryan either, and they're going to use all that money on Jadavion. So it's, it's a possibility. Uh, we don't know yet, but... Anyway, I think this Isaiah Wilson pick was a sign in the direction of, okay, he's a young player, that's an offensive lineman, he's going to be there a while, we signed Tannehill for five years, we're probably going to lock up Henry too, so this is a sign that we're going to protect our quarterback and running back, who we put so much money in. But anyway, you can look at it at many different ways, but that's how I'm looking at it. The 30th pick, the Miami Dolphins took Noah Igbenogany, corner from Auburn. I actually hated this pick. I gave this pick a C-. He was very inconsistent at Auburn. There were people that were saying he wasn't even their best corner. He is a good special teams pick, though. His coverage is very questionable, but the potential is there. He's a good athlete with fast acceleration, strong physicality at the ball. He's extremely raw with a lot of potential, but not a day-one contributor. Like You can see this curve for Miami. Like They're picking a lot of projects. This is kind of a sign that maybe they're not playing Tua off the bat. Maybe Fitzpatrick is going to play the entire year. We don't know. He needs to alter his tackling position. He tends to tackle high instead of low. Oh, and he draws a lot of penalties. 
Yeah, I actually like this pick. I gave it a a B plus. I think it's a really good pick. But to counter off your point of the uh, the Dolphins taking like projects and stuff like that, I think that they're trying to just pick players that they think have a lot of potential and can develop into great players. And you know they're not uh, worried about competing day one. You know they're not worried about winning the division this year. They're just worried about you know getting their team ready for the future. And I think it's a different aspect that you you see a lot of teams now take. So. Um, he is a he has a lot of speed. He's good in press coverage, not great in zone coverage. You know, bump and run stuff like that. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be a project. His tackling, like you mentioned, is not great, but uh, I think he can ultimately develop into a pretty solid cornerback. Yep, I gave this pick an A. Not everyone really approves of this pick, as there were some other corners still on the board. However, I believe Igbenogany, you know, is a true sleeper of this draft. He's a little undersized, but is fast, strong, and possesses a killer instinct that is so important in corners today. Yeah, the killer instinct is definitely reflective of his physicality on the field. That could translate into tackling, so he could become a good tackler if he fixes his form. I just don't get the pick, because guys like Jeff Gladney and Kristen Fulton were on the board, and they took Noah Igbenogany, who's kind of a project with controversial film in tape. Anyway, with the 31st pick, this is the guy who I think the Dolphins should have took. The Vikings are having a killer draft. Had a killer draft. They took Jeff Gladney from TCU. Obviously, TCU's defense was great last year. A 4-4-8-40, 38 vertical, 124 broad jump, killer combine. He anticipates routes very well. Desire to make plays on the ball can sometimes hurt him, but that's a trait that can be developed and tamed. With the loss of Xavier Rhodes, he should be able to be a day one starter. His ability to eye the QB and read and be ready for the unexpected is something that not many corners, even Okuda, have in the draft. A sticky in man coverage, great one-on-one corner. So I gave this pick a B plus. I gave this pick an A minus, a great value for Gladney. He should have been taken in the top 20, but he fell due to some uh, like off-the-field off things and uh, some injuries that plagued his time at TCU. You know, I gave this pick a B. Apparently, I've heard read a lot of reports that there are some character concerns, but, I mean, obviously, they'll have to address that later. Mike Zimmer does, you know, love to take cornerbacks, and it was definitely a need pick with the departure of Xavier Rhodes. So I like this pick. I think he's going to have to, you know, I think he's going to take a year to adjust, but I ultimately think Gladney's going to become a really good corner. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't even add this, but they also lost Trey Wayne's in free agency. So that's a big loss. So Jeff Gladney is a good pick for team needs, and it's a steal position-wise. Last but not least... The 32nd pick in the draft, I thought this may have been the most interesting pick in the draft, especially for all of you fantasy football players out there. The Kansas City Chiefs took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU. No one expected him to go first round. 1,415 yards, 16 touchdowns, 55 catches, you know, numbers. The numbers don't lie here. He can run, catch, and return kicks. He possesses this kind of football speed, like his 40-yard dash, isn't necessarily reflectant of his actual speed. He's bouncy and agile, but once he gets in open space, he's not that fast. He never fumbles. His ball security is the best by far of any running back in the draft. 36% of his carries went for first downs or touchdowns. He can change direction or go in just the blink of an eye. He makes tacklers miss so easy. He's also an elite yards after the catch guy, and he doesn't drop a lot of passes. 
So I, I think this is a fantastic pick. His lack of size in five foot seven, I think he makes up for it. In heart, that's what Andy Reid said when they were interviewing him. By the way, Andy Reid seemed ecstatic about this pick. He does have short arms. Uh, those may cause trouble for catching contested passes due to a small catch radius. But other than that, I gave this pick an A, and I might even give this pick an A+. Yeah, Harris, I have one question for you. Do you think he has a five-star heart? A five-star heart? Well, <laughs> I see that's a shot at my Tennessee balls here. He did not go to Tennessee, so unfortunately, he's not a champion of life. He's not a Butch Jones predecessor. So he has a 4.9-star heart. If he were to go to Tennessee, I'd give it a five. I like it. Uh, I, I like this pick. There are a lot of questions around it. Um, I've seen Clyde Edwards-Alaire play in person, and you know the word bouncy that you use perfectly describes him. Just breaking tackles, bouncing off of guys, always getting first downs. Always seems like he falls forward for about two or three more yards. Personally, I would have gone defense here. The Chiefs need a lot of cornerback help and um, on that side of the ball. But, I mean, when you have Patrick Mahomes to carry your offense and kind of your whole team, I mean, why not give him more weapons and make their offense even more lethal? I gave this pick a, a B plus with the way that the uh, Chiefs offense works. It's obvious that Patrick Mahomes is the uh, focal point. So the running backs need to be able to be pass catching backs. I expect Edward Delaire to gobble up the majority of the touches and targets out of the uh, KC backfield probably as soon as he gets there. So he should be a good re replacement for, uh, you know, Damian Williams and uh, the old LaShawn McCoy. Right. And to add on to what Michael was saying about their gaping hole at corner, Kansas City does have a hole at corner. And the fact that they decided to reach on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire first round despite having a gaping hole at corner could say just about how much they love this player individually. And that could mean great news for fantasy. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's ceiling is like, RB1 top five player. We'll see how he mixes in with Damian Williams because Damian Williams did have 133 yards and two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. His performance there cannot be forgotten as they utilized him on the biggest stage of sports. So, I mean, Edwards Hilaire is put in a fantastic situation where he can catch balls out of the backfield, run in between the tackles. He has Patty Mahomes with him. So that should help his efficiency out a ton. So pretty much this was just perfect for both sides. I'm going to change my grade, actually, and give this pick an A+. And on that note, that'll do it for our player grading marathon. Guys, we're also on Twitter at the BTG Podcast. Thoughts, concerns, anything like that, just let us know in the comments, and we'll be sure to address it uh, for the next episodes. If it's a fantasy question, if it's a sleeper question, if it's it could be anything, uh, NFL, NBA, NHL, you name it, any sport, anything, we'll be there to answer it. Also, we're coming out on iTunes soon. When we do, be sure to leave a five-star review. But for now, we're also on Spotify. Be sure, if you like it, be sure to give us a follow. But thank you guys again so much for the support. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. And next week, we'll be talking about the Last Dance documentary. It's currently the second most watched thing on television behind, of course, the NFL Draft. For Michael Luker, Braden Savkovsky, and me, Harris Hicks, that will do it. This is Beyond the Game.